you may have lost a sibling or you may have lost a loved one and you feel empty but at the end of the day you have to kind of complete that relationship because it's not that you want to forgive we use language like let go or forgive but you don't you don't forget your loved one but you complete the relationship because the cycle is not there anymore the life cycle is not there anymore grief for me um is one of the biggest things that we don't have great conversations about because that's where your growth happens right we're consistently losing things babies do it you know they lose toys and people are like why did child get all like that because it's something that's special to them something that perhaps kept them safe uh, we also lose trust we lose freedom you know we lose our sanity you know they, these are things we, these are all losses that were happening that happen in a day to day perspective but we're not having conversations about it so that's where the grief comes in and that's why it's tied in with the mental and it's so important for us to understand that the grief doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us it acknowledges our human capacity for life and experiences so let me talk to you guys really quickly before the episode begins if you are growing a brand if you are owning a business running a business if you are anywhere in the entrepreneurial space you understand that the future is online the big problem that a lot of brand owners, a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of healthcare entrepreneurs are finding is that they have to be able to figure out a lot of their marketing, right? The sales process, they have to be able to figure out um, their SEO stuff. They have to be able to figure out a ton of stuff when it comes to online marketing, and they may not have the bandwidth nor the resources to do that. So why am I telling you guys about this today? On January 16th, 2021, it's a Saturday, we um, are holding a masterclass. Carl and myself are holding a masterclass about online marketing. Now, here's the kicker. We currently run a digital agency um, firm, and we've you know seen a lot of success, but we understand that a lot of our clients had to pay top dollar. A lot of people have to pay the top dollar to be able to get a lot of these services, and it may not be available for everybody. So what we decided to do is we put together this masterclass where we're literally going to give everything. This is not that 10%. This is not 20% of the information that you need. We're giving you 100% of information, whether it comes to Facebook ads, Google ads, SEO, funnels, sales, being able to make sure that your stuff doesn't get banned, being able to make sure like, you know, going through how do things get viral? How do things catch on? We're going to give you all the secrets for the low price. Get this for the low price of only $297. That's it. Only $297 at the time of this episode. So just because I mentioned that price, even though I know it's going to go up later, but if you are listening to this right now, you can go onto the website and sign up, right? So the website is otcupodcast.com backslash OMS, right? otcupodcast.com backslash OMS. Or you can click the link down in the show notes below, or you can uh, message us on Instagram to get the link, or you can text us. You can text us at 321-384-6275. That is 321-384-6275. Text the letters OMS and we'll make sure we get you the link. Listen, you do not want to miss this. This is going to be the event of January. This is going to be the ticket to, you know, your online marketing lessons that you need when you start the new year. Don't let now be the time where you let your business start to falter because you're not catching up with everybody else. The future is online online, and so are you. Text us at 321-384-6275. We'll send you the link. Get signed up today. 
we have a limited amount of seats. When I say limited, I mean limited. Once they're filled, they are filled. So get signed up. We'll see you in there soon. We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, I am your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. Yo, what up, y'all? How you guys doing? Hopefully you guys are staying safe, sanitized, all the good things. COVID ain't over, so stay safe out here. Wash your hands. So... Without further ado, you guys know we love to bring you special guests. This episode is very, very special because this is our first international guest, our very first international healthcare entrepreneur, and it's very near and dear to my heart because the guest is from the beautiful island of Barbados. You guys know how much I love Barbados and my home, so... Without further ado, I do want to go ahead and introduce the lovely Miss J.C. Maris. J.C., thank you so much for coming on. How are you feeling? I am wonderful. Thank you, Carl and Paul, for including me in your Off the Clock podcast. Absolutely. The pleasure is ours. So, J.C., we like to be respectful of our guest time, so let's, let's just dive right into it and tell us, how did you get into the whole realm of mental health? Like, what was it that kind of guided you towards that direction? Okay, so funny story. I actually went to school in Louisiana, um, graduated some 15 plus years ago, right? And I was actually finishing up my first degree. I actually was trying to do occupational therapy. But I couldn't pass physics because I used to play volleyball and the physics teacher didn't like athletes. So I went to my academic advisor and said, how many courses do I have that will get me into some type of degree um, to graduate? And I ended up doing psychology. Um, I played volleyball on the division one scale. And so I had the option of coming home and playing for Barbados, which I, I did. Um, on an international stage, but I was like, maybe a degree in psychology at home is not going to be enough. So let me just do something. And so then I stumbled on system thinking. Um, the name would be marriage and family therapy in the scope of ther- uh, mental health. And I fell in love with it. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And I stayed and I did my master's. And that is how I stumbled into mental health. I never wanted to be anybody's therapist or change the world or anything like that. It was just like, I'm not coming home with a psychology degree because it will not get me a job. Let me stay in the States and finish my master's. And that's what I ended up doing. And I've not looked back since. And that was in 2003, graduating in 2005. And 15 years later, um, I'm still in the field. I love that. I love that. Um, Just so people can kind of get a breakdown in in a very short, concise way. Could you just kind of describe if somebody comes up to you on the street and says, hey, what do you do? Who are you? 
what would you tell them? Oh, it depends on what type of clothes I'm wearing. So I am a mental health consultant. Um, so I tell them that my, my sole responsibility is to human beings and their capability to think and feel at their optimal. And that's what I would say. Now I do it in, in different worlds. I am also a wellness specialist. I own my own CrossFit box. Shout out to CrossFit 246 in Barbados. Um, I also love the concept of grief and grief recovery. So I'm certified grief recovery specialist. Like I said, it depends on what I'm wearing on that particular day. Um, but my whole thing is to help people understand mental health in its total capacity and how it can actually help them improve in their optimization of their human performance. So you just mentioned something. I want to, I want to harp on that a little bit. You mentioned the CrossFit 246. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that and how for someone who's listening and they may have some interest in being able to start their own CrossFit gym as well. Mm -hmm. What, what does that look like? Okay. So funny thing about me starting CrossFit, it really was about my wellness and my mental health well-being. So I used to work at a rehab for the past, I was saying like three years ago, but for the 12 years, I was a family therapist. And then I fast forward like maybe 10 years and then became the lead coordinator for the first female, all female rehab in Barbados and the Caribbean. Um, and I did that for like 18 months, but before I worked with solely men. And even though my role was in the family therapist role, I actually did all like the physical stuff. I was their coach. I was like, you know, you, you need exercise and that sort of stuff. And then from that birthed me really being interested in like posting classes and challenges, fitness challenges. And then I kind of decided that mental health and fitness paired well with me because uh, I know we don't get into this as yet, but I'll jump forward a little bit and a little bit of a story. When I was 27 years old, I actually lost my husband. Um, I had a four week old son and my husband died at six when my son was six weeks old. And so one of the things that got me out of my grief was actually fitness. And so training the guys, doing challenges, and then I just got tired of going into the gym, doing the regular stuff. I stumbled on CrossFit, literally. And I tell people, fitness kind of saved my life. Movement saved my life, right? And the rest was history after that. I was like, look, I want to do this CrossFit thing. A friend showed me it. I went and I got certified in Cayman Islands. Lucky for me, a lot of my credits that was in that psychology degree all came from physical education and occupational therapy. So I wasn't starting from scratch, basically. And then I just developed and designed CrossFit 246 to kind of really suit a population that's different than any, I would say, any other CrossFit in the world because one of my main focuses is senior health. So I have a very large senior health population, 40, 50 of them ranging from the ages of 60 and my oldest client is 80 years old. So kind of that's how I got into it. Yeah. I've never even thought about, you know, what somebody actually has to do to start a CrossFit, right? Mm -hmm. But the reason why I'm bringing that up is I just kind of want to ask you a little bit, what was that process like setting it up, right? If you could kind of give us, you know, just the, the basics of what it's like to set up a business, especially when you're 
you know, basically franchising something and having your own location? So what one I would tell you, I had a mentor. So when I went to Cayman Islands, I kind of made very quick friends with the people who owned the box, um, CrossFit Seven Mile or Seven Mile Strength now. And he kind of helped walk me through and it was just, you know, you submit a name, um, CrossFit has a really good affiliation process. And it was, you got, once you got your level one certification, you're, you're able now to then set up a CrossFit box, right? You pay your fees, there's a fee associated every year and you get support. And so in order to run the box, you have to just make sure that your certification is up. So I'm actually a level two certified um, CrossFit trainer. And that's pretty much how it goes. Now, I am a bit of a, <laughs> a education junkie. I'm realizing that as I get older. So from that, from doing a level one, I did CrossFit gymnastics, CrossFit weightlifting. I actually, in 2015, I went and I actually was a CrossFit judge for regionals. And I always tell people my claim to fame of CrossFit is that my little pinky finger was up on the CrossFit website. <laughs> Um, where you had to do the countdown, right? Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much how it is. And I got invested in the community because for me, for CrossFit, it is not, I think it was the closest thing to what I did in college in terms of training. And weightlifting is one of the things that I absolutely love to do. I think there's so much power in having people who've never actually exercised, explore weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting on a level that CrossFit has exposed. And then gymnastics, which is just fundamental movement patterns that we don't think about, right? I think for the most part, we just think about cardio and conditioning. But those two things of weightlifting, which is very neurologically based, and um, your whole concept of you know, your movement, gymnastics, your physical body, where so many of us are missing the art of movement, right? that it teaches people that and I loved it and I just went with it. So for anybody who is interested in actually doing a CrossFit and let me just add also the fact that I was black and could cater to black populations with regards to CrossFit is something that's very, very important. And people don't realize that because the black community does not access fitness. Now I lived in Louisiana, so I could tell you that, where nine out of 10 people are morbidly obese, where I was abnormal. So I'm 5'10", on a given, on a good day, I could be between 135 and that's it, right? In college, I'd be 5'10", maybe between 140 and 160 because the hormones in American food completely completely different, right? But um, I was abnormal living in the States. I was abnormal living in the South. And so fitness was always tied to sports. So CrossFit then, provides the black community, you know, a lot of opportunity for them to actually move because now it is not based just on cardio, cardio or shaming. It's really based on functional movement and different levels of intensity. So kind of that's why I loved it and thought that was something that Caribbean people then could learn because that's also the framework that we had in the Caribbean as well too. You know, you get, you get in shape for Copova or Carnival. That's it, right? You look good, some are fine, but after that, you look a hot mess. But then three out of four people in the Caribbean are battling NCDs. You know, so that's kind of my story with CrossFit. And, you know, anybody who wants to open up a factory that has names, you know, that people will come to, I think it's a beautiful thing to do. 
So I, I love I love what you just said there because I think that and even even for us speaking from a standpoint of being in the physical therapy realm, you know, there's there's a a phrase that we say which is movement is medicine. It is. You know, and when you really sit there and think about it, especially in the black community, that's something that we don't really internalize. Mm-hmm. and really make sure that we make that a component of our lifestyle. Yep. And so to be able to do what you're doing and take what you've learned from somewhere else and bring it back home and be able to, you know, give that to the people there, it's amazing, you know, because that's something that we need. I, yep. think, I think also when we think of the Caribbean and, and we think of, you know, how West Indians are, we think of the fact that a lot of times where we, we talk about being about natural medicine, you know, and mm-hmm. a more holistic approach. But a lot of the time, it's like we, we don't necessarily practice what we preach. Yeah. And so I think that's a beautiful way of being able to lead by example by doing that. Yeah. And it kind of leads me into the, the next question that I have for you, because I mean, JC, you got a lot going on, but uh, <laughs> the, we didn't even reach the other part yet. But okay. That's all right. We'll get there. We'll get there. So, talk to us. Talk to us a little bit about the the Fit Chick movement. Mm-hmm. What What is the Fit Chick movement, and what was the inspiration behind creating that? Okay, so remember, I shared about the fact that I was a lead coordinator for women's all women's rehab unit. So traditionally, I've had this conversation with people, more men access treatment in the Caribbean because there's facilities for men. Real simple. In Barbados, there's a facility for men in rehab where they have facilitated over a thousand people, over a thousand men over the past 15, 16 years. There were no rehabs for women. You will find this across the board. There's one rehab in Trinidad that I knew that we kind of connected with when I was actually working at the rehab itself. But uh, in Barbados, it didn't exist. So even when you go into the psychiatric hospital, a lot more men or males are there than females. So I started to work at the rehab. It lasted about 18 months. And I say it lasted because after about month 12, I was like, if I could take this information and share it with women, then they will not need to come to treatment. Because some of the things are the most simplistic things that happen, but because we don't have people teaching people about how to manage and cope and what to expect in relationships and what to expect in healing, they now end up. Because the guys always used to say, you know, John, for every man that you see here, there are two women out there strung out on crap, but you just don't see them because there's nowhere for them to go. And for me, after year one, and I realized we only helped maybe about 12 to 24 women, I was like, no, I cannot see myself doing this another 10 years that I had devoted for the men to the women. I was like, I have to get out and reach more people in different ways, whether it's through my fitness, whether it's through mental health work, whether it's through grief recovery work. But I could, I was not satisfied just serving 24 people in a, in a year. Like, I just couldn't do it anymore. So that's how the Fit Chick movement really was born. And then it was really helping people integrate the spiritual, the physical, and the mental together. Because women, women are 
women are your core of your society. And so if you spend more time, and I love men, don't get twisted, but if you spend more time helping women understand how to nurture boys that they, they raise, you know, how to nurture men that they're in relationships with, you know, because that's where it comes. Our ability to carry is our nurturing, you know, our DNA. Men have it, but women ooze it, right? And so, therefore, if we can do that and show women how to be more effective in their personal well-being, then your society stands a much better chance of being healthy and performing optimally. First of all, everything you've spoken is just complete truth. Um, you know, what I do want to ask you a little bit more about, particularly because you mentioned, you know, um, the mental portion of it, right? And mm -hmm. we've kind of talked a little bit about the grief counseling, the grief recovery. Yeah. Um, but I know that the fact that, you know, you're the go-to person in this, in this aspect, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's important for us to dig a little deeper into that and just kind mm -hmm. of be able to help the people. Is that okay? okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Mm -hmm. So um, one, if you could describe or define what grief recovery is, mm -hmm. okay? And then two, the importance of people actually being aware that okay. it's a necessary part of their healing. Okay. All right. So I'll backtrack a little bit and start with mental health, right? Um, and while I'll talk about that is because so many times we are caught up in this word mental illness. And so, so many people don't have the awareness of what it means to be mentally health, meant to be sunk. So for me, mental health is broken down into three parts. It's your cognition, the way you basically think, process information, how you store memory, how you concentrate mindset management, right? All the things that the brain and the nervous system actually provides you in a way, right? And then it's your emotions, your emotional regulation, your emotional intelligence, and also your emotional vocabulary. I call people, it's like, you ask people to tell you how they feel, but they don't even have words in the word bank. Not going to be able to do it, right? And then interactions, which is about relationships. And how do I interact with you? And also how I interact with myself. Because our mental health is directly linked to the people that we're engaged with in a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's our parents, our friends, our work colleagues, or whatever the case may be. Or let's say the environment, because now we're living in a very stress-filled environment, right? Which really would determine how a lot of our mental health will play. I keep telling people COVID is our, our crisis in, large, in, in a large state of things. Everybody had theirs, this is ours. So that's the mental health part. Now grief, which is a funny, very funny topic because all of us experience grief on every level. So grief is just a normal change, a normal change or a normal reaction to anything that we lose. So our, if, you, if you play a sport and you lose a game, that's grief. If your parents have been married and they divorce, that's grief. If you um, move houses and lose a friend, that's grief, right? And so many times we take grief, call it depression and anxiety, and link it into mental illness. That's why it was important for me to, sh to bring, bring forth the understanding of mental health. And so a lot of people think that there's something wrong with them when they're losing or they're grieving an experience, right? 
unresolved grief uh, on the flip side would be anything that you wish you could say or do or make better in any situation, right? And so all of us, in some cases, are actually operating in unresolved grief. And the beauty of grief recovery versus grief, grief counseling is that grief recovery is about completing the relationship with the loss. So, because things change, right? Um, you have instances where you may have lost a sibling or you may have lost a loved one and you feel empty, but at the end of the day, you have to kind of complete that relationship because it's not that you want to forgive. We use language like let go or forgive, but you don't, you don't forget your loved one, but you complete the relationship because the cycle is not there anymore. The life cycle is not there anymore. So grief for me um, is one of the biggest things that we don't have great conversations about because that's where your growth happens, right? We're consistently losing things. Babies do it, you know, they lose toys. And people are like, why did a child get all like that? Because it's something that's special to them, something that perhaps kept them safe or kept them um securing relationships uh we also lose trust we lose freedom you know we lose our sanity you know these are things that we these are all losses that we're happening that are happening in day-to-day -day perspective but we're not having conversations about it so that's where the grief comes in and that's why i tie it in with the mental health and it's so important for us to understand that the grief doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us it acknowledges our human capacity for um life and experience Wow. I love that. I got to let that marinate for a second. So, no, this, this is important. This is really important because I think, and, and speaking from this, the perspective of a, of a man, I know oftentimes it's very easy to kind of push things to the side, you know, and, and look at grief as more so a, a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and not internalizing it as a natural part of a healing process, which yeah. we should. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's incredible to sit here and hear you break it down the way you break it down. Because I think that the, the, the issue that we have is so many people put this negative connotation on it. Yeah which is why it's so easy for us to view it in that way of it being a quote unquote sign of weakness. Yeah. Now, what I want to ask you from the standpoint of, again, you know, someone who's listening and they're like, you know, I actually would like to get into grief recovery and start my own grief recovery business. Mm -hmm. What, what does that look like? What are the, the steps that someone would need to take? What is like logistically, how can you make that happen? So I am a certified grief recovery specialist because I did the certified grief recovery certification from Grief Recovery Institute. Um, funny enough, two guys are the founders of Grief Recovery Institute because um, they had a broken marriage and lost a child and people were like, but you can have another wife and you can have another child. And they were like, whoa, that's kind of harsh. So they developed the grief recovery method and this is the only grief recovery grief program 
that is actually evidence-based, right? And yeah, and I search, when I tell you, I search high and low for this certification because my dream in the future is to provide a grief recovery charity. Um, I have a company called Grief Recovery Works. Actually, in the next couple of weeks, I actually be doing my first grief recovery conference with other grief certified grief recovery specialists around the world that I've met through IG, but also that I actually did my certification in. And the certification is like four days, and but very intense. You go through the actual grief recovery process yourself. And for me, it, it was the icing on the cake because obviously I'm a mental health professional trained already. And it was just for me to find something that I knew would work. Because often you hear people, you know, say they went to a grief support group, but they didn't feel like if they were being supported or, you know, that they had a counselor come to them when something traumatic happened to them and they didn't talk to them. And the beauty of grief recovery, being a grief recovery specialist is that you can hug people. <laughs> like, like that's, that's powerful for me. Rather than a therapeutic world, it's real hands-off-ish. But um, grievers love to be seen and heard. And this program allows people to actually be human in the capacity of a helper, right? It's, and it has, a, it has a methodology even to the point where I can share my story with the person I'm doing the work with. So they know that I'm not coming from a top-down position, but I've been there and I've walked the walk and I'm talking the talk and I'm learning how to emotionally manage um, my recovery process. So it's, you can find it online, um, Grief Recovery Institute. They have, now they actually, now with the way how the world is set up, you can do a lot of online. For me, I had to, I traveled to New York to do that with another um, friend of mine who had lost her husband. And this was one of the ways I was like, look, you need to come get healing. And we went up and we did the whole, it's so funny because we actually stayed right next to, the World Trade Center. And um, we didn't even know we were staying that close. So imagine we do that, we're doing the certification and we're right next to um, the World Trade Center. And you know, we met a lot of beautiful people who were doing the same program as us because they really wanted to change lives and give people an option to complete their relationships because that's very important. We're not completing the relationships with the losses that we have, whether it's through school, friendships, um, loss of jobs, divorces, we're not completing these relationships. We're really actively holding on to these relationships and thinking that we're going to do well. Wow. Um, I've never heard that phrase, you know, complete the relationship. So this is my question. Um, we kind of know, you know, a lot of our listeners are aspiring business owners. Yes. And one of the things that I think Carl and I have come to see an experience is through the journey of being a business owner mm -hmm. that there's plenty of moments where you probably should be completing relationships with certain things, certain situations, right? So yes. for the business owner, for the healthcare entrepreneur, for mm -hmm. you know, the person that just has a dream of like creating that thing that they call their own, mm -hmm. what are things that they should be focusing on or looking to do to 
you know, complete some of these relationships, maybe deals gone bad, maybe business partners that burned them, maybe, um, you know, just situations that didn't come to fruition that the way they thought it would. Right. And these are things that are now holding them back from actually working in their purpose and, you know, flourishing. So, you know, how can they complete those relationships and kind of work through it to, to move on and grow through it? So I'll share, um, I'll share what I learned recently um, from a personal coaching development course I'm doing for myself. Um, that's, that's important. If you're in a business, um, if you're in a business in, in health, um, you need to always be working on you, definitely. But I'll share three relationships that I learned about um, that was phrased really, really well, you know. Their lifetime relationships, their purpose-given relationships, and their life-given relationships. And you have to know where people fit at every given time of your journey. So your lifetime relationships, you know, maybe your college friends, you know, you know, they got your back, you know, 10 years later, you like, you do reunion, that kind of stuff. Um, your life-given relationships may be the people who you know, are in your life, but are really giving you moments to really think and ponder about how you actually want to be purposeful in your businesses. And then there are purpose-given relationships where the, purpose, the person only serves a purpose, a learning, an opportunity for growth. And after you've received it, you have to learn how to complete it. And so many of us stay in purpose-given relationships thinking that they're lifetime relationships. You know, and they're not. Um, businesses also have cycles. And one of the things I realized the other day is like something like my gym. And I, I, take, I take what I do very personally. But one of the things I had to come to grips with is that people have cycles. And if you have populations that have cycles, so like if I have the 35 to 45 year old population in my gym, I'm always going to lose them in three years. Not because um, I'm a bad gym owner, but because they may have marriages, they may have um, children, finances, finances change. However, my seniors are my lifetime clients because after 60, you ain't going nowhere. You're trying to stay healthy, right? So they're on, as long as I'm open, they're coming. Or as long as they're well, they're coming, you know? And so sometimes we hold on to that purpose relationship, thinking that, you know, this person needs to be here all the time, or, you know, I don't want them to get away with whatever it is, or I want them to see how the business is flourishing. But sometimes we have to really understand that they've served their purpose, you know, and their purpose no longer serves your business anymore, because they may actually hold back your business. And that's what happens when we don't complete relationships. We're always kind of, we're always trying to um, fluff up, you know, I'm like, yeah, come, like, you know, you should really come through, you could do this idea, and they don't come, and then you spend, like, 20 minutes trying to call them to convince them when the energy you could be using was focusing on somebody else who really cares, you know, um, about your business, so I would say, you know, try to put people in categories, be very, very aware, and also be mindful that sometimes you're networking with people is just to get through the door. 
sometimes I think people feel guilty that, you know, they meet somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I gotta be friends with this person. It doesn't really work that way. If you follow a lot of people who are on the entrepreneurship level of millionaires and billionaires, they get through the door and then they'll, you know, like come get 10% and that's it. But they're not inviting everybody into their personal spaces. And I think that's where entrepreneurs get because they want the cheerleaders and not everybody's designed to be a cheerleader. So I want to kind of backtrack a little bit to something that you said right before you dived into that, which was the, the notion of being able to, if you want to get into business, if you want to start something of your own that you have to work on yourself. Yeah. Now, this is something that myself and Paul, we, we preach a lot. Because I think a lot of people come into entrepreneurship, you know, just looking at what looks like gold, you know, and they don't realize that there's a lot of hard work. You know, there's there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of setbacks that you have to go through before you see any type of success. And with that being said, you have to make sure that mentally you know, you have that resilience to be able to bounce back. And so personal development is is a big component of what we try to preach to people because it's Mm -hmm. one of those things that you can't have success without it. So the question that I have for you is in terms of JC, in Mm -hmm. terms of you looking in the mirror and saying, I need to be the best version of myself that I can be what are the channels that you kind of go through in order to make sure that you're optimizing with your personal development? So y'all see the shirt I'm wearing. uh Uh-huh. Self-care, the CEO. So that's actually a program I designed. Um, And one of the reasons why I think that personal development is so important is because you're always your brand. And the part of being the brand that people miss is that if you're not well, you don't give the best brand. You know, people get stuck on trying to serve the customer. That's fine. But why would you serve this customer when you're sick? Why would you serve the customer when you're not thinking straight? Why would you serve the customer when you're not physically at your best? Right? And it's so important for you to put you in your schedule of building the business. Um, most of us build businesses out of creativity and passion. And when you're tired, you can't be creative from a mental health perspective. You get stuck. So that's why a lot of people get stuck on ideas and they don't execute. Um, most people, when they don't have clear thoughts and are really into the automatic negative thought processes, cannot execute tasks. That's why you want to have a clean level of awareness and understanding when you're operating with, you know, um, your business. I always tell people when you show up, give people the best you. You're not your best you if you're not resting. You're not your best you if you're not physically taking care of yourself in terms of nutrition, um, not working out. And you're not your best you if you don't have a support system that actually tells you to slow down, right? We have that whole narrative of sleep when you're dead. Um, that's fine. But what's the point of working hard and not being able to reap the benefits of 
the brand that you built because you're trying to show your customers that you are looking out for them. Actually, you're not looking out for them if you're giving them a sick cue. Like if you if you're working yourself, let's say let's let's take for instance in the healthcare industry where doctors are awesome, but I keep telling people play the tape to end. Doctors are awesome, but if you do the research, there are the number three in cases of suicide. So they're giving you their all, but in less than five to ten years, they'll take their lives in some form or fashion. What's the point? You know, you saved the life, but then killed yourself. Um, so for me, part of it is understanding that you always have to bring your best you. So therefore, you have to really create a opportunity for you to take care of yourself. And people think taking care of yourself means taking 10 vacations a year or they feel that you know it's like taking off your phone and not talking to anybody no it's those little things that we forget to do on a day-to-day basis that equates self-care it's the little things of having a personal development plan over a period of a year so you're always working on things it's the little things of being able to say no when it doesn't fit where you're going in your business that's self-care. That's the, that's the true element of self-care. It's not only being able to sleep and take vacations. And, and, and the word self-care or vacations, I tell people, like, when I take a vacation, it's, it's not to pause um, to get away from something. It's pause so I can be in tune with something. And I leave vacations renewed. And I leave vacations creative. I don't leave vacations going back to my um, day-to-day running like, oh my gosh, I gotta go back in. I'm so I'm so upset. I get no. I leave like, all right, this is new idea. And this is, and a lot of people don't focus on stuff like that. You know, they they're caught up with the self-care. It's just a massage, and that's not what it is. It's really you working on you building your best you for the brand, so the people you serve get the best service. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, I was just going to say, you know, speaking of the best service, um, shout out to us here off the clock. Look, I just want to let y'all know really quickly that every day with OTC is basically like you're on vacation. As you can see with our T-shirts, we're always off the clock. And I just want to use this moment to let you know if you're in YouTube land, you can clearly see Carl and I have the white ones on. Um, If you're listening to on the podcast, any of the forum, well, we got the white ones on, but hey, you can get yours as well by texting the word shirt to 321-384-6275. Again, that is 321-384-6275 to get your shirt. We got the black, we have the gray, we have the white. We can do the custom orders now. Four names on the back. Yes, it's a little extra, so don't, you'll see it on the website. It is a little extra. We've had a few people request to have their names on the shirt as well. Um, so we decided to open it up. We just did it with a team and some of our people, but now you too can get your name on your shirt. But remember to text the word shirt to three, two, one, three, eight, four, six, two, seven, five. Thank you, Paula. Thank you for that. Y'all make sure you get your shirts. So JC, I want to, I want to ask you, just because cause now I'm curious in, in terms of personal development for you, like, are you, 
are you more of a, a bookworm? Are you more of like, you like to watch videos? Like what, what does it look like for you as far as doing personal development? I get coached. So right now I am doing an Elevate program with Lisa Nichols. Um, for those who don't know who Lisa Nichols is, um, she's a transformational leader, um, motivational speaker. So I am currently in a six month program with her, working on myself. I've always had mentors, um, never, never left home without one. In any business that I've had, I've always had a mentor. Uh, I, and I mentor myself. I have people that I mentor as well, too. Um, so it's something that is very enriching to have somebody always offer feedback. So I've had opportunity. I don't know if you guys have ever read but 12 Universal Laws of Success by Dr. Herbert Harris, if you haven't, that is an, an awesome book to read. And he is actually one of my mentors. Um, I did a program with him about three years ago when I kind of made the step to jump um, and run my own business, Fitch It Movement Success with Jay. And I use his book, I use his book in my mentorship as well too. Um, and I've had an opportunity to travel to North Carolina to meet him and everything like that. I believe in the power of doing personal development programs for yourself it's, and having a coach coach you, especially if you're in the business of serving other people. Because in my field of system thinking and marriage and family therapy, one of the things that I did when I was going to school was I always had a team behind me. My, my entire master's clinical hours um, internship was literally, I sat and I did therapy behind a one-way mirror. And I had a team behind me telling me how to do the therapy. And tell people it's so important because more eyes help me make better decisions on challenges that people may have. And sometimes we think we're super men and women and that we don't need anybody else to guide us. But the whole point of being human is belonging and accepting. That's, we mimic. Human beings are born to mimic behaviors. You know, we're born to create. But our first six, seven, eight years of life, that's what we do. We absorb information. And the better the information, the better we become in our adult life. So the same thing for me, my personal development has always been something that I've kept um, close to my heart. And as long as I'm alive and as long as I'm serving other people, I will always have somebody to serve me in the capacity of mentorship and personal development because everything is about growth. Speaking of service, thank you for serving us and our lovely listeners with the gems that you provided. Like this was this was an amazing episode and it is it is just as powerful as I thought it would be. And I'm just, you know, we're extremely grateful that you made the time to, you know, hop on and talk to us all the way from Barbados. We appreciate that. Um, we know you could have been working on other things, but you made some time to, you know, talk to us. So again, thank you so much, JC, for anyone who's listening and this is their first time coming into contact, you know, with you, what would be some contact information or some social media info that you would want to leave with them? Okay, so you can reach me at JC Mirrors, J A Y C E E M A Y E R S, and that's on IG, as well as my website, jcmirrors.com. So I've kind of 
try to cap all the platforms. And on my IG page, you can see the Fit Chick Movement. It's real simple, www.thefitchickmovement.com. F-I-T-C-H-I-C-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T.com. Um, and I have my programs online and stuff. So yeah, that's, and I tell people, you can slide in my DMs. I don't care. I'll answer. It's just communication. Perfect, perfect. So again, JC, thank you so much. To our lovely listeners, if you got some value from this episode, please, please, please hit that subscribe button, share, leave a review. We love to hear from you guys. You are the reason that me and Paul continuously show up and show out and bring you amazing guests such as JC to be able to give you value. So until next time, take care of yourselves. Be blessed. Peace. Thank you. Also, shout out to the 246. Love. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really do not have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. You can find help at www.preptgrindotc.com. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. PhysioMemes. Thank you for listening. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.